We have a huge show for you guys today. Very, very, very excited to you. Uh, coming to you from Rome, Italy. I'm here for the day on my way to Budapest. But I want you to be coming down to Tampa, Florida for the Student Action Summit. When you come, you will be able to see our first announced speaker, President of the United States, 45th President of the United States, Donald John Trump. When is this coming? July 22nd to 24th, Tampa, Florida. How do you get your tickets? You go to tpusa.com backslash SAS and you enter promo code POSO, all caps, for 25% off. Remember, click the link in the description to be able to access your tickets immediately. We're also knowing, uh, we're also seeing, I will be speaking, Charlie Kirk will be speaking, all of your favorite Turning Point USA personalities will be there. It all takes place in July 22nd, 24th, 2022. See you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's date is May 18th, 2022, and it's time for your daily dose of human events. Today's headlines, the WHO pandemic treaty, a threat to American core values. We're going to break that down. Next, day one of the Michael Sussman trial. We're going to give you all the information, all the details from it. Third, the Biden administration's lackluster response to the nationwide baby shor formula shortage takes shape. And finally, corporate America, their progressive culture and supporting abortion for their employees. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Due to lockdown, most of the transmission that's actually happening in many countries now is happening in the household, at family level. In some senses, transmission has been taken off the streets and pushed back into family units. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them. We are four days away from the World Health Assembly's new treaty meeting this Sunday, it begins in Geneva, Switzerland. And also, of course, the World Economic Forum is holding their annual summit in Davos concurrently. It's all coming together in Switzerland. You might call it a, uh, a conference of globalism. But what's going on with the WHO? What is this treaty? I'm going to read this to you directly from the WHO website itself. The World Health Assembly agrees to launch processes to develop historic global accord on pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. In a consensus decision aimed at protecting the world from future diseases, the World Health Assembly agreed to kickstart a global process to draft and negotiate a convention, agreement, or other international instrument under the constitution of the WHO to strengthen pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. We're essentially calling this a treaty. Dr. Tedros said that the decision by the World Health Assembly was historic, vital in its mission, and represented a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to strengthen global health architecture. What are they doing with this thing? It's very simple. This is going to come in. And we've seen it trending now in Canada and other places. Hashtag stop the treaty. What is it? Kian Bexty is leading the charge here. It is a global power grab. They are trying to come in 194 countries, abdicating sovereignty to the WHO on the issue of pandemics. Now, it's not when you declare a pandemic, they can declare that you're in a pandemic. So the questions and the issues that so many people have on this, we've got Russell Brand speaking out against it. You've got so many people talking about it. 
they are going to come in and tell you, not ask you, but tell you when your pandemic starts. What does that mean? Does that mean, and, and people obviously have a lot of questions about this, what's going on? For countries that don't abide by obligations set out in the pandemic treaty, Dr. Tedros has suggested that the WHO may need the authority to direct other countries to sanction non-compliant countries that don't want to impose restrictions. They could dictate how our doctors can respond, which drugs can and can't be used, or which vaccines are approved. We would end up with a one-size-fits-all approach for the entire world in a pandemic. A one-size-fits-all response to a health crisis does not work across a single country and certainly not across the entire globe. This has been the issue of this thing. And there's, you know, that you can dig even deeper into it. But what it comes down to is lockdowns, border crossings, vaccine mandates, all of this could potentially be controlled under the international health regulations, under an international treaty, not up to the countries themselves. So I'm in Italy right now. Uh, we taped the show yesterday from Ireland. We're taping the show from Italy today because that's how we roll. And when we got to Italy, we had already come through the EU in Ireland and flew Ireland to Italy. In Italy, I was not asked once for my vaccine status. I was not asked to have a, uh, we did bring negative tests with us with all the you know documentation and the paperwork. We went and did all that work, uh, myself and Tanya, my brothers with us. And they didn't ask us. They didn't ask us for a second to even show our paperwork. I said, great, awesome, come right in. That being said, what happens in a situation where the country of Italy can't control that? What happens in a situation where the United States can't control that? Because who is controlling it? Dr. Tedros and the WHO or whoever his you know, successor is over there. We cannot give power from the local level to the global level. The United States founding fathers understood this. Power should reside with the lowest common denominator, the people, and that you should be very careful handing power off at higher levels. That's what they're doing here. They're not giving power to, they're taking power from you, from your states, from your local governments, even from our own federal government, and giving it to an unelected, undemocratic, unaccountable global committee run by this guy, Dr. Tedros, who we know is in bed with the CCP, a running dog of the CCP. They lied about China. What are they going to lie about next? The latest news out of Moscow is that Russia and the Kremlin are looking at ways to take the ruble back onto the gold standard. We know the EU is looking at this, and we know more and more people in the US are looking at this, but they're also looking at ways of going cashless. They want us to have a cashless society and potentially even central bank cryptocurrencies. What do you do during times of unrest? What do you do when our currency itself seems like it's under attack? Well, I want to take a minute and talk to you about that because we also know that Biden's printing and spending could be catastrophic for the US dollars and markets and that Bidenflation is completely out of control. We need to diversify, and that is with gold and silver. And the only company that I recommend is Allegiance Gold. 
My friends at Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver. They will have it delivered securely right to your door, and they will educate you on the benefits of physical gold because they want to care and want to build a long-term relationship. Allegiance Gold has the highest rating from third-party consumer protection agencies, five stars with TrustLink. They're AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance and have an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Look, I know I tell you guys about the gold ads again and again, week after week. Seriously, this is one where I'm telling you, go click the link in the description right now. Go access this. It's allegiancegold.com slash POSO, allegiancegold.com slash POSO. It is time for you to start getting smart about your money. Click the link, allegiancegold.com slash POSO. Uh, we are, you know, I have gone back into the Department of Justice to let them know, to put them on notice that I am going to sue these people. And I don't, I don't you know, give a crap about the, the money as much as I do. To let them know I'm not going to sit on my laurels and, and, and do woe is me and wring my hands. We are going to go after these people. And we actually filed very quietly a, uh, an intention to sue to the Department of Justice all of these people from, from Jim Comey up to President Obama. Okay, so day one of the Michael Sussman trial has commenced. And as usual, the great Technofog on his Substack has all the details for us. So go check out Technofog on Substack and read along with what we've seen. It was disclosed by special counsel DeFilippis, who informed the court that a government witness, this Dr. Manos Atnakakis, has decided to invoke the fifth. He will not be called to the stand. And you can see more on this. But what's interesting is that during the opening statements, Special Counsel Shaw, now all these people work for Durham, right? All these people are under Durham. And Sussman is the guy who is essentially, through a chain of uh, connection, working on behalf of the Clinton campaign during 2016 to get this investigation, which later turned into Russiagate, started. That's the case. He was working for the Clinton campaign on behalf of them, but lied about it to the FBI. He is being charged for that count. What's, what's important to understand, by the way, he is not necessarily being charged with the crime of starting Russiagate under false pretenses, even though that is something that will come up in the substance of this trial. It is not the specific violation of law that he is being tried under. He's being tried under the very targeted right, question of lying to the FBI. Did he lie to the FBI about working for the Clinton campaign, period? That being said, what did he lie about? He lied about Russiagate. So we're going to get into it, but I want to be very clear that on the legal merits of this, this is a case about lying to the FBI. So here we go. Shaw states that Sussman went straight to the FBI's general office, the FBI's top lawyer. He then sat across from that lawyer and lied to him. He told a lie that was designed to achieve a political end, a lie that was designed to inject the FBI into the presidential election. Obviously, we know this circumvented the political. It, we're trying to. So what, uh, what Shaw is trying to do here is circumvent the political leanings of the jury. He explained, we hear at the FBI, view it as our institution. It should not be used as a political tool against anyone. Shaw then elaborated that Sussman, on behalf of his clients, the Hillary Clinton campaign, and this guy Rodney Jaffa, this tech, you know, tech oligarch type, they manipulated the FBI, triggered negative news stories, and tried to create an October surprise on the eve of the presidential election. As evidenced, we will see in this trial coming ahead, this opening statement, 
emails and phone records that show the beginning in the summer of 2016, all the way through the defendant was working for Fusion GPS to develop what's called the Trump Alpha story and plant it in this in the press. The evidence will show that the defendant saw the supposed data as a golden opportunity to deliver a big win for both of his clients and to influence a political election so he can be brought so he brought together his two clients, Jaffa and the Clinton campaign. But I want to also explain something because we talked about this yesterday in the preview of the trial as it's going on now. The jury in this case is likely, to be frank, they're not a bunch of conservatives. This is a Washington, D.C. jury. And if you pull 12 people at random for a Washington, D.C. jury, which is what this federal court did, you're probably not going to find too many conservatives there. So that's why the special counsel's office is trying very hard to say, look, we understand that you, you know, they're, they're saying it between the lines. We understand that you may be Clinton supporters, but these people lied to the FBI for political purposes. And that's not okay. That's against the law. That's number one. Number two is if you notice, they're being very careful to say the FBI was manipulated by political actors, but they're not saying that the FBI did anything wrong because they, of course, also work for the same institution, the Department of Justice. Obviously, conflict of interest there. They're not going to claim that the FBI did anything wrong at any point in all of this. Now, you and I, paying attention to this case, looking at it, say, well, we knew this was a bunch of bunk the minute we first heard it. And yet somehow we're supposed to believe that the FBI went along with it just because this guy Sussman was talking to them. No, it's a joke. It's a joke on its farce. So are we getting a little modicum, a little thimble of justice? Maybe. But are we getting full justice here at the end of this? Absolutely not. I understand how stressful it is for parents trying to find a formula to feed their children, which is why my administration is doing everything in our power to make more infant formula available quickly and safely. This is a top priority for us. And today, we took another important step with the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration, announcing guidance that will allow major formula manufacturers to safely import formula that is not currently being produced in the U.S. market. The FDA will closely monitor the product quality and safety. In addition, today, FDA and Abbott agreed on the next steps to reopen the plant in Michigan that produces specialty formula. This is a critical step in resolving the shortages that are impacting so many families. And taken together, these steps should make a real difference. In the meantime, if you need help finding formula, please consult your pediatrician or visit hhs.gov formula. Well, President Biden finally, finally making some kind of action on the baby formula front, other than, by the way, shipping pallets of baby formula to illegal migrants coming across our borders. No, he's finally doing something a little bit right after days and days of people pounding him to do this. He's finally, finally saying, we will allow through the FDA importation of formula outside the United, from outside the United States. But what's amazing to me is when you look at this, you've always been able to order formula from outside the United States. I mean, I've been saying this for how many episodes now? That's what Ashley St. Clair of a post-millennial has been writing about. That's what my wife does. Uh, she brings that stuff in from Europe for our kids, or she did when they were still little. And so this is not something that is new, but for some reason, and Post Millennial even wrote it, 
It is unclear why the Biden administration is imposing strict FDA oversight on foreign formulas brought into the United States, as countless American parents without hesitations about, with hesitations about U.S. formula ingredients have been buying European formulas online for years. And you look at the, oh, I've got to read this. Despite FDA approval formulas in the United States containing ingredients like seed oils and corn syrup, major European organic formulas like Hala and HIP are currently illegal to sell in the United States, as the FDA claims there are not enough nutrients like iron in these formulas. This has been a longstanding issue with American families buying European formulas online with costs soaring as high as, as, high as 90% of US-based organic formulas. This latest guidance that we have from the Biden administration is the first actionable response that we've seen. And of course, former, now former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki famously blamed the formula shortage on part on scared parents hoarding the formula. No, they're not hoarding. They're doing anything they can for their kids. All right. This is what happens when food scarcity becomes an issue and food for your children become an issue. People will stop at nothing. Mothers will stop at nothing to provide for their children. When food becomes scarce, when jobs become scarce, go look at Sri Lanka right now. Go look at what's happening in the streets of Sri Lanka, the attacks that are taking place, the riots that are taking place. We are only nine days between civilization and anarchy. There are only nine days between civilization and anarchy. And the streets of Sri Lanka prove it. Now look, I'm not saying that moms are gonna go full Sri Lanka, right, over the Biden administration and baby formula. But what I am saying is that when you combine pent up anger with a population that doesn't feel that their needs are being served and with directly targeting the most vulnerable population in our entire country, our children, you have a recipe for extreme unrest. Now, maybe what's, that's what they want, right? There's, there's that whole, was it Hanlon's razor, right? So do we attribute this to a competent incompetence or do we attribute this to malice? I suppose that is the largest question here. But for me, I think it's a mix of both. I really do think that there are people in the Biden administration who have no clue what they're doing. But I also think that there are people in and around the Biden administration who know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're putting this country through, what they're putting its people through, and putting Americans last. That's what they do. That's exactly what these people have done every single time they've been in power. They did it through eight years of the previous Obama administration, and they're doing it again. They are putting you last, and they're putting the needs of foreign citizens first. Keep your laws out of my keep your laws out of my Yesterday, 
that Starbucks and some of these other companies are starting to pay for abortions for people who want to go out of state to get abortions. And some of these companies, by the way, they're paying for you to go out of state to get um, uh, transgender surgery or transgender hormones or some of the different procedures uh, associated with this. And the companies are paying for it. This seems like it's constituting a new step for a variety of reasons. But I wanted to also do a list. And I went to my staff. I said, producer Shah, producer Mike, I need you guys to go and spend all night, spend as much time as possible looking up all the companies that are doing, doing all this. And that's exactly what they did. Of course, instead of actually looking it up, they just, they just sent me an article from CNN that actually already had it written up. But we went in and we got that article. And now I will read to you the list. So these are all the companies. So just so you know, just so you know where your money is going when you support these companies, as opposed to the great and wonderful and powerful ignominious country companies that support human event daily. Just saying, just saying. All right, here we go. Amazon, Tesla, Citigroup. Citigroup in March became one of the largest U.S. companies to commit to covering employees' travel costs if they leave their state to seek an abortion. Bumble, Levi Strauss, literally Levi, like your jeans, right? Your jeans are doing this. Lyft and Uber, so the two largest uh, ride-sharing companies in the entire country, if I could talk, right? They talked about this in Texas. UT Austin is talking about it. Lyft also said they would even, Lyft even went a step further. They're donating a million dollars to Planned Parenthood to ensure that transportation is never a barrier to healthcare access. Match Group, the company that owns Match.com and several dating apps, including Tinder, OkCupid, and Hinge. So the dating app companies are supporting abortion and funding abortions if people want them. Do I even need to unpack that or does everybody get it? Does everybody get that this is part of their business model, right? It's very obviously part of their business model. Maybe they'll include a little button on the app if you're using one of the paid versions or something. It's like, it's like a pro version, right? Pro version, you, get your, you can get an abortion for free. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe there's like a pack. Maybe you can get like, you know, maybe five years or something like that. I don't know. You go to Tinder and see how it is, right? So I think I don't think it comes as any surprise to anyone that the one night stand industry supports abortion payments. Next, Salesforce, the great Salesforce, of course. Mark Benioff, by the way, Mark Benioff, the cousin of David Benioff, who ruined Game of Thrones on HBO. Salesforce will be running this. Yelp, of course. I love that Yelp is supporting it, by the way. So it's like, are you going to put up reviews? Like maybe you're going to put a review on the abortion clinic. Did not like that abortion. That was not as good as the other abortion that I had in Texas. Wish I could go back to Texas. Send review. And then Starbucks. Starbucks is the one we talked about before. Look, I, I, I don't mean to make light of it, but understand where we are right now. Understand what point of the movie we're in. You're at the point now where your dollars and your economic decisions will decide the fate of this country. Are you going to support companies that stand with your values and support your values, or are you going to continue to give your dollars to people who hate you? Now, Disney wasn't on this list, but we know what, what values Disney stands for now, and it's not the values of the man, Walt Disney. Understand this only changes. These companies will only change their ways when you make a response, when you make the switch, when you stop using them, when you stop using in bulk all of their services and you switch your services 
to conservative pro-America traditional value companies. Public Square, that's what Public Square is all about. They just list those companies. That's all they do. That's why you got to go down public, download Public Square, because this is the new fight. We are in economic and cultural warfare, and it's your actions with your dollars that are going to set the standard for the rest of this nation. And that's it for us, Human Events Daily today. Remember, as always, your promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and leave us your five-star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your politics. We're coming to you live from Rome, Italy today. Uh, I'm on my way to CPAC Budapest, which starts tomorrow morning. Crack it on. Not really the crack it on. But we'll have uh, Candace Owens. We'll have Tucker Carlson, myself, Victor Orban, the prime minister of Hungary, will be speaking. Uh, uh, Rick Santorum, a former um, senator from the state of Pennsylvania, and a bevy of other conservative speakers talking about the rise of the new right and what it means for our countries and what it means for the West in general. What do we talk about today? The WHO pandemic treaty. This is coming up very soon. It begins in four days. Next, day one, the Michael Sussman trial, full breakdown. Third, the Biden administration finally allowing the importation of foreign baby formula amidst the baby shortage. And finally, baby shortage, baby formula shortage. We also do have a baby shortage, by the way. So go out there and make babies, people. And finally, corporate America, and we gave you that list of those companies that are supporting abortion financially. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. Today, May 18th, 1804, Napoleon Bonaparte became the emperor of France, coronated by Pope Pius VII. Understand, this is our history. We are the people of the West. We are the people of the free world. We stand for what? Greek philosophy, Roman law, Christian values. That's the West. That's Western civilization. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>